and good evening thank you guys for joining us today um, before we start we're going to get some stuff out of our way please go to justforassembly.com if you can we could use your help to buy some social media ads five dollars goes a long way it helps us reach a thousand people we can that's uh, so every dollar counts nobody makes your dollar go farther than we do trust me okay well don't trust me but it happens um, so today, rather than our normal quick video where we sit there and have a single discussion, I'm going to try and get some work done for my campaign manager that I've been sitting on and have a long conversation with you guys at the same time, which will also give us a chance for some interaction. So please, if you have questions or comments, you can please leave them down there and we'll try to address them as, you know, as long as they're reasonable and kind of fit. If not, I may address them later. So I, I try not to unaddress anybody. Everybody tries to be dealt with, but, you know, we all know how the Internet works. All right. So rather than spend a bunch of time, why don't we go ahead and start with the first one? These are from a voter's guide question, just so you know. I forget exactly which group it is, which voter guide this is. So these are from a voter's guide. So you'll be seeing them. You can find them somewhere, the answers to these somewhere once we submit them. Okay. So what do we have first? We have, should California enter the prescription drug business to help drive down prices? Why or why not? Okay, so I can see you right away that we are gonna have two answers to this. You're gonna get my sarcastic answer, my sarcastic answer, because some of these questions are funny. And then you'll get my real answer. So we're just gonna have a good time today, I think. <laughs> Today's not gonna be a real campaign video. It's going to be closer to a podcast. Okay. Well, sarcastically, no. Since when the hell has the California government ever drove the price drove the prices down on anything? That's just absurd on its face. But to uh, manipulate in a market don't, doesn't help them work. The problem with the prescription drug markets is that they've already been manipulated. So what we need to do in the medical field across the board is open and honest pricing. Cash buyers and insurance companies shouldn't be paying vastly different prices for the exact same procedure or, or drug. And in some cases, this will work out in the benefit of the prescription of the... In some cases, this will work out under the benefit of the insurance insured person because there are times when it's actually cheaper to buy a prescription by cash rather than through your prescription, through your insurance company. So what we really need in the healthcare industry across the board is open and honest pricing. And then once we have open and honest pricing and insurance companies and cash buyers and the government and everybody's paying roughly the same rates for the same procedures at the same location, right? Hospitals can charge different rates for different procedures. Doctors can charge different rates, but they have to be open. They have to be honest. None of this hiding costs. Now, you know, we all see how they do these billings. It doesn't have to be done that way, right? You don't have to have cart rate that cash people pay and then the discount rate that the insurance company pays that's really closest to a reasonable cost plus profit. And so we need to, as we talk about here, transparency solves many problems. Now, there will still likely be issues to be dealt with. 
at the end of that, but at least then you know what problems you're actually dealing with. There you know, then you can tell where the market is failing. And then when the market is failing, then you can figure out a solution. But right now, just manipulating the market, you don't know where it's actually failing. And that was a terrible answer, but Brandon can fish a, a written answer out of that somewhere. That's what we don't pay him for. Uh, everybody's volunteers around here. No one gets paid. Uh, should California make changes to the property tax system set up in Proposition 13? No. No, they should not. Look, Proposition 13 was designed to create stability. It was designed to keep the greedy hands of government off of people's hard-earned property. That's the whole point of it. Now, if we've created some conditions that allow Amazon to claim that they own a property that because they buy mom and pop company, well, that's a different question. You don't have to change Prop 13 to deal with that. Right? You don't have to change Prop 13 to deal with, hey, you're no longer a mom and pop company. You're no longer a family-owned company when you sold it to Amazon. So it, it, you know, there's a transfer of wealth there. But when you're talking about someone who's family business, family farm, family factory, whatever it is, family restaurant gets transferred and the government, all they really want is to be able to reassess it and charge it higher property taxes, which may drive that family out and create instability in communities. And it's that instability in communities have caused many problems these last 20 years. And we are seeing that now. We don't want to make it worse. Okay, let's see what we got now. Oh, good Lord, who's are these? This is a really, okay, biased. <laughs> I kind of reject the phrasing of some of these questions. All right, whatever. To lower rent costs, should California build, build more or focus on rent caps and tenants' rights? Why? Well, one, California isn't actually a single entity that can make this decision. You know, Shasta County and the Bay Area and LA all have different needs. And as we get out of this coronavirus situation, you know, those needs may be vastly different. People may no longer want to live in these densely populated areas. And so rents may naturally go down. Um, but in as a rule of thumb, the only way to get out of a housing problem is to build houses. And if the biggest impediment to building houses is the California government, then it needs to get out the way. If it's local governments, then we need to get them out the way. But we have to be smart. You know, politicians, we don't know where housing should go. People do. Now, we shouldn't be giving sweetheart deals to single developers. That's what we shouldn't be doing. You know, down here in Sacramento, we have this big rail yards project that they gave to a single developer and has been sitting mostly undeveloped for, what, a decade? Even after they've laid the streets down. We could have done that better by handing it out to small developers in parcels, and it could have been built and the gentrification of Oak Park didn't have to happen. So these 
housing issues are very complicated. There's no single policy impl implemented by the guys down at the dome that's going to solve it. That's not how these things get solved. Look, if the Bay Area was going to continue to have a increased demand for housing, they were going to have to build up. They're just there's going to have to do it. There's no other way around it. If they don't, if the trends continue and people are fleeing the Bay Area for areas with more space, well, then we're going to have to build more suburban-style housing, whether the politicians like it or not, because that's what people are going to demand. And what will happen is the prices will go up where poor people won't be able to afford it. And then you have urban planners making poor people poor because they want to implement their version of what's correct. So the answer is to let Californians decide, Californians decide where and how much housing needs to happen. But you need to get the red tape out of the way. You need to get the government greed out of the way. So much of our problems, so much of our housing costs are caused by the government wanting more money. They want churn. They want rising increases and increasing churn so they can have more money from property taxes. That's the whole goal. They didn't care about the costs. The costs that now poor people can't afford it. And they blame that the minimum wage hasn't went up. Well, maybe not. Hasn't went up. Whew, man, it's been a long day. The minimum wage hasn't risen the same rate as housing costs. Well, you've deliberately tried to make housing go as rise as fast as possible. It couldn't. We literally have policies designed to keep housing costs as high as possible. That's the whole goal. Right? We, we could put in all kind of regulations, making sure people have lawns the right size or their houses are manicured or all kinds of things, all kinds of laws passed, restrictions passed to preserve property values. But property values have only been determined by resale value. That's not right. As we go back to the Prop 13 argument for a second, the right to pass your home on after you've already bought it. So future generations don't have to go through the same struggles you did is a value in and of itself. It should be honored. To reach a goal of carbon neutrality by 2045 as set forth in a 2018 executive order, what, if any, proposals, plans, or legislations would you support? Well, one, I don't think these kind of decisions should be made by executive order. So I'm not entirely sure it's a valid goal. But that does not mean I don't think trying to figure out how to live as cleanly as possible isn't a valid goal. I think we all want to live as clean as possible. We all want to figure out how to live cleaner. And the question is, how do we do that in a way that doesn't make life worse? And that's a difficult question. You know, I prefer, when it comes to electricity, I prefer things like in the north, you use hydro. In the south, you use solar. It makes sense, right? They have desert and space and the north has water. And so 
that's where you would get your electricity. But that's a simplistic answer. We all know it. Um, lots of people would claim nuclear, but in California, nuclear is problematic because of the earthquake issue. And so I'm not entirely sure I'm comfortable with it here. So you use what you are comfortable with. You know, low flow down hydropower is, is now a thing. So we can actually mitigate the pro a lot of the problems with fish populations and those various issues. They can be dealt with now better than they were 70 years ago when we first went around building dams. So we can do it better. And the same goes with, with solar. You know, we can figure out now how to best build solar. We've kind of been experimenting on a wide variety of solar. And storage is now finally getting to the point where we can effectively store the solar energy for night use. And so if I were to say, what would I support? It's a combination of those two things. It would be more hydropower and more solar power in the south. You kind of use the resources at hand. Uh, describe what proposals you support to alleviate the shortage of affordable housing. Didn't we just discuss this housing thing? Lower rents for all income groups. It's just, it's essentially the same. Look, you got to build more housing. If the demand for more housing is the problem, then you have to build more housing. If the problem is politicians have driven up the cost of housing, then you have to get politicians out of that out of that uh, equation. And I suspect in different places, the issues are probably different. I mean, California is a huge place. There's 20 million people in LA and 20 million people in the rest of the state. So we're not going to have a singular answer. But what we can't do is let a handful of social engineers dictate how the future looks because that's how we got here. Realistically, we have to get the answers out of politicians. They have to, politicians have to stop handing out development areas, development uh, permits like candy to their preferred oh, paymasters. I don't know what the hell word I'm looking for in that one, but to people with political contacts, shall we say. And the small and medium sized developer needs to be supported or allowed to thrive because right now they're essentially not allowed to thrive. You either have a big massive company or you're a, you do custom homes if you're a home builder. And that's not how we built the country. You know, you go in a neighborhood like mine and you have, you can see that you had a handful of small developers going around and, and building a number of houses. You got houses like mine that was built by its owner and these are dotted throughout the neighborhood. It's a great neighborhood to live in because of it. It's not, this ugly cookie cutter thing where every house looks the same version, you know, turned around and all painted the same beige. <laughs> you know, I love, I love the architectural diversity of my neighborhood. So, so, but returning to that where small and mid range developers can actually develop a neighborhood is, you know, one of the ways we can return to affordable housing because a small developer doesn't have the time to wait for property values to increase before he starts building. They need to build and sell fast. And that building and selling fast 
is what will make prices stay low. Well, help prices stay low. There's no single answer to these things. Okay. Brandon's going to have a hell of a time getting answers, written answers out of these. It's going to be fun watching him do it. Okay. According to, <laughs> it's hot in here, isn't it? According to the California Legislative Analysis Office, we spent $81,000 per individual who was incarcerated. Other than incarceration, what ways can the state address safety and justice? Well, for one, we can end the drug war and victimless crimes. And so you stop putting people who have no purpose in jail, in jail, you know, maybe not putting people who don't wear masks in jail is another good idea. Um, whether it doesn't matter what you think of the masks, mandates, it's, you know, putting people in jail for that is probably stupid. Um, but longer term is a lot of people end up in jail because they're suffering. They're suffering from psychological issues. And if we deal with those psychological issues early on, be them even in school, you know, by making sure they're in the right schooling environment so they get the proper education, or later on where they need to have had some traumatic event and they need counseling, that we can get them counseling and help. Counseling doesn't have to be expensive. I know it sounds expensive. You know, you can hundred dollars for an hour is what a cash buyer can get a, a good counselor for. But that's for once a month, that's $1,200 a year. It's less than 2,500 bucks. If you want to send them to twice a month, every two weeks, it's less than $3,000 a year. Would you rather pay $3,000 a year to someone so they can get over trauma? Or do you want to send them to jail for 81? You know, and, the, we, and actually the bureaucracy we create, create in dealing with um, mental health issues is actually a barrier to dealing with mental health issues. Issues. So we should probably figure out a way, vouchers or some way to, to help directly. Not only would we save bureaucratic costs, but we'd also remove barriers for those who need services. Because we forget people with anxiety disorders, which is something I know about, you know, those hoops are larger than you think. And 19% of this country has an anxiety disorder. So if you create hoops that they have to jump through, they're not going to jump through them or they're not going to be able to. And so you have to remove barriers to accessing the help they need, not create them. And so really it's a focus, a genuine focus, not a faulty focus on mental health is the single best way to reduce the number of people who are incarcerated. It simply is. It's, you know, people without hope, people who are desperate do desperate things. And so you take away that desperation, you take away that sense of hopelessness and, you know, they will make smarter choices for themselves. People who don't love themselves don't love society. Okay. What programs or legislation would you support to meet the water needs of all Californians? Hmm. Uh, well, for one, we have to stop standing northern water, Southern California. It's just, it's not good for the environment. And it's really, it's not right that Northern Californians who live in a place with plenty of water have to pay to ship it down to Southern California. 
And like people like in Sacramento, we have to get water. We had to get water meters because Southern California thought it was unfair that we didn't have water meters, despite the fact that we live next to two rivers. And so I'm not opposed to saving water. Don't get me wrong. It's just why are Northern Californians carrying a burden for the choices of Southern Californians? Southern California has lots of sunlight. They have lots of desert area for solar panels. They can put up water desalinization plants. And they can actually pay the costs for the water they use. Their economy is big enough down there to deal with it. We they don't actually need Northern California's help. Now, I'm not actually suggesting drastic changes to the system that already is in place. I'm not saying take water that we already giving them away yet until they have systems in place to deal with it. But we have to stop with this notion that we can just take more water and send it down south. It's just, it's ethically wrong and it's environmentally wrong. And I think that's just the simple answer to that one. There's no need for any other solution than Southern California using desalinization plants. Desalinization plants, I can say this, to get their water. They have everything they need down there to do it themselves. And so if the state needs to give them environmental exemptions or some other mechanism to help, bond issues or something, I'm perfectly happy to help to, to deal with that and to help them and get red tape out of the way if that's kind of an issue. But there's no need for the Northern Californians to continue sending more and more water down to the Southern California. There's no, more, there's no need. We are at the point now where we can create the water they need. And that looks to be about it. Um, if you guys can help us out, please go to justforassembly.com, click the donate button or the join button. I think it says join and ask how you can help. Um, every dollar counts. You know, Facebook ads reach a thousand people for every three, four bucks. So every three, four bucks is a huge help. Um, thank you for your time. Good night and love everybody.